Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks making love. American Listen up, Auto Thoughts and Deceptive Clowns. You're listening to Prime Cuts, a Transformers television podcast. I am one of your hosts, Audrey. I'm the other host, Nero. And hey, we discovered something amazing in these episodes. A plot. Yeah, the plot is here finally. Um, This is, uh, if you're on Tubi like me, these two episodes mark the end of what Tubi lists as season one, which kind of makes sense because this is sort of the culmination of the loose story arc that we've been following for the past few episodes which means we will be immediately moving on to a new series next week no i'm kidding (laughs) yeah we uh we are not treating the while tubi may treat these as seasons we know better anime is is one big block yeah Um, at this moment we're enlightened and euphoric but yeah, this is cool. Uh, the Star Saber is finally in play. We're getting Minicon lore, including we got a some... huge lore dump in this oh, first yeah. episode. Jesus, massive lore dump, half including of, half some, of it. including some foreshadowing that I caught uh, that I copped to because I, I I watched the whole. I know it goes on that I quite liked. I don't know if I'm going to talk about what that foreshadowing is, but I liked it. Spoilers are for suckers. We we uh, make no promises about keeping this podcast spoiler free. I will probably talk about it because I think it's cool. So we yeah. should go ahead and jump in here with episode 12, which in the dub is prehistory. History of motives in the sub. Yeah, so basically the same idea here. So we start off and Rad is finally, after 12 episodes, beginning to wonder, hey... What the fuck is up with these minicons? So, this is particularly prompted by him looking at the still dormant minicons that they have in the base and being like, what's up with these guys, actually? And also remembering the Atlantean princess, and he's like, hey. And he says Atlantis by name in the dub. He He says that it is Atlantis, he confirms that it is textually... Atlantis. Hashtag confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah, he's looking at the dormant Minicon panel, which uh, hosts Runway, and he's just like, okay, so these Minicons uh, are so powerful that they caused an entire civilization to collapse. What the fuck is going on here? So, in the sub, we still don't get the names of these two in these episodes, but I cannot wait to tell you what the Japanese name for the third is. Oh, excellent! Because I know that the one that this we get in this one is called Jetstorm. Uh, in the in the, yeah, I'm not but- sure if they're ever named individually. I just know what all of the the Minicons names are. Yeah, Jetstorm's name is very funny in the Japanese. We'll get to it though. Excellent. So, meanwhile, someone else is being vexed by yeah, the Minicons. Yeah, speaking of Jetstorm. Yeah. So Megatron is very frustrated by the fact that these minicons won't come out and say hello so he like okay you know those videos from like oh god let's call it like 2005 to 2007 of people microwaving their flip phones that's what we get here yeah he's doing the the old antler laser trick that he used to awaken leader one but it's not doing shit here um well it is doing shit it's making weird 
it's it's doing what happens when you microwave a, a cell phone. It like explodes into like goo, except it's smoke instead. Yeah, and like li- makes there's also some goo bits there. There's like weird yeah. shadows half forming out of yeah, it. It's it's a little it's, eldritch horror. <laughs> Which makes sense for what I know of what the true uh, history of the minicons is. Because guess what? This ain't the whole story. This episode, they are they are they are still keeping some of their secrets. Um, All right, he, minicons, keep your secrets. <laughs> and so he is just he's just like, why the fuck will this one not wake up? I am so mad. So this is when we cut back to the auto base. I don't know, they're just fucking around, uh, around the base, and then Rad, like, walks up to Optimus and says, Hey! Hey, Optimus! Hey, Optimus, you got any lore for me? And Optimus you, is like, fuck, buddy, I sure do! I'm curious, uh, what exactly is up with the Minicons, and is it possible to, like, stop this war? Because I've been thinking about that entire city that was completely destroyed because of one... Like, of three Minicons, and I'm kind of worried about what might happen to my planet if you two, if these two giant robots keep fighting over these super weapons. And Optimus and, says... Well, Optimus, is like, is like, short answer, no. Long answer! Yeah, so this is where we get the deep lore about the, uh, the, the, the Cybertronian Civil War in this continuity. Because apparently, it was not actually started... Because of the Minicons. It was already a pre-existing conflict due to the Septicons, of course, uh, expansionist ways. This is very common in a lot of continuities that the Decepticons are, are, want to, uh, build an empire. Yeah, very uh, imperialist, very, um, eminent domain. Yeah, and specifically, they constructed this gigantic military force to take over Cybertron. Um, and so that was the sort of... Oh, so, uh, I, there is one small difference in mm-hmm. the sub, which is, like, where it's not just Cybertron, but beyond. It is in- implied that, um, the Autobots really only stepped in when they tried to, like, forcibly take over other planets. And that's when the Autobots were like, okay, this has gone too far. Yeah. I think that's sort of implied with, like, yeah, they were building a gigantic military force for war reasons, and we figured they were going to start expanding, and they wanted to expand, so we had to halt them here. Um, and so that went, went on for a while. And then the Minicons were very suddenly introduced into this conflict. They just, like, appeared one day. Yeah, so there's a... A concept, and I I do not have the encyclopedic memory for this series that Nero has. So if I accidentally land on something that is the truth here, that's by accident. Um, but there is something within most Transformers continuities called Vector Sigma, uh, which is sort of the wellspring from which life comes on Cybertron. Um, one of one of many. There are lots of wellsprings of life. But Vector, Vector Sigma. Vector was Sigma. The first one. Vector Sigma is the first one. It's also most the most consistent one throughout mm. continuities. In some yes. continuities, it is the only one, uh, yes. which is why in those continuities, when Vector Sigma runs dry, it endangers the entire species. Um, <laughs> so my reaction to like Optimus is like. So, yeah, the Minicons came out of nowhere one day, and we have no idea where they came from. 
um, they just suddenly evolved into, like, existence, and all I could think was Vector Sigma going, the girls are fighting! Well, then, <laughs> I will... And creating this to say, stop, you guys! I will say this, there is no Vector Sigma in any of the Unicron Trilogy shows. That's not None surprising. Um, they, they're, the Unicron Trilogy shows put much more of a focus on Primus, the god of Transformers. Not necessarily Armada, but Energon and Cybertron put a lot of emphasis on it. Listen, it's called the Unicron Trilogy for a reason. Uh Yeah, yeah. Under that guy, will ever show up in this show. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Seems unlikely. But yeah, so, I mean, if if Vector Sigma's theoretically wanted them to stop fighting, I don't think the correct choice was, I'm going to introduce a bunch of tiny little robots who, if you combine with them, your power gets multiplied like a billion fold. That seemed like a bad choice, because what happens is that uh, the war becomes much worse, because everyone is power-linking with minicons, and Megatron is just cutting a swath of destruction across the entire planet. And yeah. so, and like Optimus realizes, Optimus and the Minicons. Yeah, I, it, in the Japanese version, it is very much the Microns, not yes. Optimus at all. It is the it is the Minicons that come up with the Arcade. It is Optimus that facilitates it. Yeah, but it is the Minicons who realize that their presence is going to destroy the world and possibly the universe. And yeah. so they the volunteer. Microns, the Microns collectively throw up the peace sign and then fade away. Yes, they they volunteer to be shot into deep space, never to be found again. This is where we get a little bit more context for the um for the firefight or the 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 dogfight at the very beginning of the show that we saw, where the uh, the the right. Minicon arc was taking off, and so that that action sort of put the the civil war into a state of not it didn't make peace, but it was dormant for a while because of obviously they don't have the minicons to boost their weaponry until uh some fucking dipshits in nebraska fell into a cave and touched a rock and everything exploded when we say to go out and touch some grass this is not what we're talking about i know it's green red but it's not grass um and so i will so what first thing is well oh uh, well I do There's- just want to uh, mention, we do see, uh, what, after after the Microns wake up, we see, like, sort of the process yes. of both the Decepticons and Autobots. And now I wanted to talk about something here, because this is the yeah. first step of the foreshadowing. When Rad touches the Minicon thing, uh, three beacons of light shoot into space. Oh. One <laughs> red, one purple, and one teal. Now, we don't see where the third one goes. Don't worry about it. Um, but obviously, the red and blue ones go to the Autobot and Decepticon bases on Cybertron, where we see Optimus organizing the mission to Earth. So he, he brings his finest warriors there. He's got, and he leaves, he leaves, uh, Cybertron in command of his, of his finest, uh, ally and My second in command. Very special boy. Now, so. His intro- this is Jetfire. He won't show up for a little bit later. But his introduction to this dub is very bungled because of, uh, well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, Optimus calls him Thrust. You're shitting me. He calls him Thrust, and also Jetfire's voice is really weird and not the guy who would voice Jetfire. 
it sounds i don't know what it sounds like it sounds almost like rad's voice actor um it is not like whatever what little you see of jetfire he's in silhouette but like this is not an accurate yeah but yeah they literally call him thrust that's extremely bad it's terrible it is it is one of the worst like name flubs in this entire show and they do include Thrust later yes, on as a Thrust character. Thrust is a character. Thrust is a character uh, in the ar- in the arc that introduces Jetfire. <laughs> they show awesome. up at the same time. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. So they've kind of flubbed that, but we also see how Smokescreen ended up separated. Yeah, because <laughs> so I I misspoke uh, when I was talking about Grap last week. He didn't uh, come in at the last moment with the mini cons. He came in at the last moment with the Autobots. So what happens is he uh, Rahatshot, Red Lord, and Optimus are going to the spaceport for the Smokescreen. Busts through the crowds like, wait, Optimus, I want to go with you. So he he jumps in after them, and presumably the coordinates were shifted in such a way that he got shot into the city instead of like where the rest of the Autobots teleported down to. The funniest part of this is that he like bodily shoulders his way past Jetfire, who is like twice his size. Yeah, Jetfire is huge. Jetfire, um, Jetfire is a big old shuttle boy. It's his sort of like. One constant between continuities, him big. Um. Yes, Jetfire is always large. Um, so, yeah, so, so that's why House Smokescreen ended up buried underground. Um, he's He just wanted to come with, you know? Like, and, and they, they seem happy to have him. So after this story is done, a new minicon signal emerges on a volcanic island. Yeah, they're almost, like, interrupted by the signal. And yeah. it's... Like, Ratchet's like, it's in the middle of the Pacific, and, and Grap's like, it's in the middle of the ocean again? Ugh. Oh, no. You weren't even there for that one smokescreen, but I guess yes, he, he probably... Was. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, that that's right. Episode. Yes, that's right. That was, that was 11. I forgot. Well, at least you won't have to go under the water this time, smokescreen. Right. So unless they, things go really bad. They they pop it up on the screen, and Rat's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's Universal Studios Volcano Bay. Okay, so they also think it's a theme park in the fucking sub? Yes, yes. Why? It's, because there are literally theme park rides on it. Are th- I thought it was like a mine. Like, I thought it was some kind of minecart track, but I guess it is just... All right, so... No, it Hang is literally minute. it is literally in the sub. Wait. They are confused when they get there. So they all, it's a volcanic island and they're like, "Okay." So and they all warp out there and immediately they see like tracks and stuff and at first they're like, "Is it a mining thing?" And then they see a pool and they're like, "No, this is like a play thing." And they're like, "It's an amusement park?" It's an amusement park. For sure. It is a, an abandoned amusement park, yes. presumably because they built an amusement resort on a volcanically active island. Yeah, you know. It's uh, it, Pegasus Fortnite Island. Yeah, I was about to say, Kaiba is branching out the, the Kaiba Court brand to some, some pleasure resorts. Academia, yeah. But he, he, didn't, he didn't really learn his lesson. He, he thinks volcanoes are good. Like, when he, he, he heard someone say... I mean, objectively well, you know, they are. Yeah, like, uh, he heard someone say, well, you know, the, the soil, 
is 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 fertilized after a volcanic eruption, and you know it helps it helps with a lot of stuff. And he and he presumes that is also true for infrastructure. Well, yeah. if a volcano erupts, if I build it back, it'll be even better. <laughs> build it back better. <laughs> ah! okay let's right. move on yeah moving on so megatron rolls a 20 on stealth somehow um now all right listen <laughs> yeah he's a 40 foot tall tank man oh literally covered in guns oh. with huge beetle horns we i could i could write an essay about robots who somehow sneak up on people in these two episodes who certainly shouldn't be able to do that. Megatron is neither the first nor the last to do this. But it's like, Office, look up. And he, he, he must be casting a giant shadow, but somehow the Decepticons managed to ambush them. Um... And send everyone into a tizzy. Uh, Optimus sends the humans and the Minicons to do some scouting while they fight the uh, the Decepticons there. And and Rad, of course, gives the idea, like, well, you know, it's probably pretty dangerous for us to actually be running around. Why don't we just use Laserbeak to do it? They're getting smarter. Yeah, I mean, again, a lot of Microns and children are, almost die in the, this episode, a for lot. sure. One of like, one one minicon gets very one minicon gets very very toasty, um, but it's okay. So I mean, we're approaching the end of these kids accompanying them out onto the field. I think like that's pretty much done at this point. I believe, mm-hmm. uh, presumably because of the events of this and the, and the next episode, they're like, well, seems like it's just getting worse and worse. Although I think it, I think the thing that they actually say is, well, the Star Saber is here now, so we probably shouldn't put anybody anywhere near that, um, especially the humans. Right. Um, but the, so they're 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 fighting. So there's the firefight- a really good line here, actually, from Megatron that just again makes my heart smile because I love um, seeing like. Transformers fan and vocabulary used, um, which is uh, Megatron specifically says to the Decepticons as they all start engaging in a fight, reduce them to slag. Hell yeah! Which, which if you if you go by you know uh, Transformers slang terminology, he's saying reduce them to shit. Yeah, pretty good. Um, some so are they? Uh, there's there's some talk from Cyclonus and Demolisher where they're afraid of giving up their position. I don't think they're really concealed. You're just firing from the mountains. Yeah, I mean, I I was a little distracted during this part, if I'm being honest. I sort of came back just in time for uh, Starscream to power link with... Swindle or... Swindle or... Zap? Grid. No, Grid, yeah. To grid power link with Grid, use his null ray cannons, and fuck Optimus' shit up. Um, which in turn gets him praise from Megatron. Megatron Ooh. says, without any, like, snideness or anything at all, good work, Starscream, before engaging Barrel and following up on his attack. So... Cherish that praise, Starscream, because it's never going to happen again. It's very rare, Starscream. Hold on to that. 
So yeah, he he gets hit by the null rays. Um, and there's a really really red alert has a has an extremely funnily flat delivery. Uh, after he gets it, he goes Optimus when Optimus is like on the ground in pain, which is like it just he, he literally was just reading the word off the page, Optimus. And this is when uh, the minicons just, uh, they're eating her, and then they're gonna eat me. Oh my god. So, this is when the minicons are spurred into action. They have been hiding in the cave uh, with the humans, but they decide, you know what? This is our war too. Fuck these Decepticon bastards. Pew pew pew! So they man the artillery on Optimus's base form, which he deployed earlier, and they just start blasting the fuck out of Megatron. <laughs> Yeah. Like they just unload into him and he is he is forced to retreat. Yeah. Uh meanwhile, the kids find the micron that's on this island like inside the roller coaster. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a fucking collectible in a racing game. And they go, "Optimus, we found the micron. It's inside the roller coaster." And Optimus is like, "Are you sure?" And they're like, "Yeah." All right, it's sick. Like, great, good talk. All right, let's go. Uh, Red Alert, Hotshot, you handle things here. So they power link, and they're they have they're the brief voice clips they have sound really fucked up. They their voices are wrong. Red Alert has Optimus's voice, and I think Hotshot's line is delivered by Cyclonus's voice actor. Doing great on all fronts here. Apparently, I don't know what happened. Did they not? Were they not able to get? Um, those two voice actors in to just say, like, power link? Because that's all they're saying. I mean, they certainly have those voice clips later on. They sure do. So, yeah, that while that while this is going on, uh, the volcano has been, like, spewing smoke into the sky this entire time, basically. Um, and when Optimus goes to kind of get the Minicon, uh, it stops, it starts a rumbling and a tumbling, and lava starts pouring out of it. And of course he drops it into lava, because why wouldn't he? Yes, he also almost gets dropped in the lava himself. We just see him topple into the into the lava here. Boop, 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 boop. Um So while all this is going on, the Autobots scramble into like emergency lava dealing with mode here. Uh smokescreen digit digs like a huge trench for the lava to go into. Um, and like, they're, they're just trying to keep this contained so it doesn't, you know, become an issue. Uh, but at this point, everyone notices, hey, that minicon panel is floating on the lava, which is not how lava works. Uh, yeah. but I guess this is like fucked up space metal, so maybe it can float on lava. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Lava's really heavy. <laughs> it is really heavy. It's molten rock. Anyway, Sandstorm's like, I'm gonna get you, and then in Japanese, he sure does grab it, and he says, get you. Yeah, he did it. Uh, unfortunately, he gets uh, he gets a shot out of his hand by the miniguns. <laughs> they, just, they just shoot at him. They just fucking, like, light him up uh, and make him drop it. Um... At some point, Megatron scrambles for the spicy minicon, uh, but eventually, let's see, who who is the one who actually gets it? 
It, it doesn't really matter. They eventually grab it. They eventually secure it. I think it is Sandstorm again. Who oh, it is Sandstorm again. That's right. He grabs it, but then Optimus reappears. And before we we talk about this, there is one thing here. So when when the Minicons are uh, attacking Cyclonus here, um, they the kids all talk about how they you know the the, the Minicons are determined to like fight for their own future and, and and not willing to to be to be downtrodden or used as tools anymore and uh they all say in perfect creepy unison they're fighting to protect the universe oh we only get one person saying it it's rad in the sub all three of them say it at the same time and, and it's, it's the scariest shit in the world <laughs> it's not and it's not the universe it's like they're fighting to uh protect their comrades basically yeah they're fighting for their own kind yeah they also say that but that's the capstone of them all saying stuff like that it's like they're fighting to protect the universe and it's it's so scary (laughs) i didn't like it at all uh but thankfully optimus is here he does the like every time it appears i still don't know what the fuck he's doing (laughs) he's launching oh yeah no He's... he's 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 Um, he's not clapping we see him no he's dying from making it clap on instagram but he's not clapping we see him fire this uh, on screen this time and he's like it's almost like he's doing hand farts yeah Yeah. listen he's dying from making it clap on instagram he's doing he's doing autobot hand farts and gigantic balls of energy are coming out and in attacking the decepticons this is how transformers fuck this is this is how it happens. Yeah. The 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 energy ball hand farts are somehow involved. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to go back and 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 uh, go to your PowerPoint to learn about how that. Yeah, works. I, I have all the information there. That's gonna be some bonus content someday. Is I'm gonna make <laughs> uh, make that PowerPoint public knowledge. Oh my god! So the Decepticons retreat. Negatron is fucking pissed. Um. But they have the, they have the, the Autobots have another Minicon. They have averted total lava-based catastrophe. And they, uh, they, it turns out that the final Minicon they rescued is the last piece of the Star Saber, uh, who in the dub is called Jetstorm. And what is actually, his name in the sub? Actually, this one is Sonar. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, in the dub, he's Sonar. This is not yeah, Jetstorm. In the dub, he's Sonar. And, uh, in... Well, no, that's the one that, that's the one that, uh, Megatron awakens. Megatron yeah. awakens Sonor at Sonor at the very end. Jetstorm is the one who was rescued from the volcano. Oh. What is Sonar's Japanese Sorry. name, though? Sonar, <laughs> Sonar is Shuttler. Shuttler? Shuttler! Come on! <laughs> you can't just, uh, that's just the thing he is. Judith Shuttler. Judith Shuttler. Okay, so yeah, but uh so yeah, they they awaken Sonar thing there, but before there's, that There's your name for the episode. Yeah, Judith Shuttler. <sighs> <laughs> so they um at back at the auto base before Megatron makes a new friend, um Brad is talking to the Autobots about the purpose of the minicons, and Red Alert has this weird like monologue about how like they're they're the they're the most special beings in the universe and they have the they they're special because they have capacity to bring like true peace to the cosmos it's literally like what if you wanted to take over the universe but god said 
have some little guys. Yeah, like I don't. They seem to be anti. Like they, 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 they're world peace is not really part of the minicons mo. All they destruction seems to follow wherever they go, really, which isn't their fault. But I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know where you're getting this red alert. All of the all of the Autobots are basically like, yeah, we think they're the most special life forms in the universe. They're a special little men. That's true. Um, and I will say that it's kind of weird that this episode is episode 12 because we've had like a bunch of previous episodes and we're only now really getting around to like, what's the deal with the minicons? What do they think about all this? Um, do you need lore to sell toys? No. So this this should not surprise you. It does help though. Um, maybe, but I guess they were just they were just too caught up in we gotta find little guys uh for the rest of those episodes. So yeah, this is when we get to the moon base, and this is where the foreshadowing happens. Now yes. if for some reason you're afraid about being spoiled on Transformers Armada, I don't know, skip ahead like um like two minutes or whatever. So when they're we're talking about the minicons, um the the they it like zooms in on Jetstorm's panel, and the transition to the moon base is that the M from the Minicon symbol, uh, is is kind of is projected over Earth's moon. Now, the true origin of the Minicons is that they were created by Unicron to sow chaos and hatred, like further spread. And divide violence, you know, through the, 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 the Transformers. Like, they were created to worsen the Civil War. And it is only through the, the sort of weird time loop that happens near the end of the series where the humans loop back to the, when the Minicons were first created and make contact with them that the Minicons were actually able to gain sapience. Otherwise, they would have been tools of Unicron. Now, the M in the Minicon symbol is meant to resemble Unicron's helmet. And the M, and the M being projected over the moon is foreshadowing that Unicron is currently disguised as Cybertron's moon. I mean, it all makes sense. It all comes together. And that third trail was alerting Unicron that the Minicons had reawakened. Mm-hmm. Which is why Sideways shows up very shortly. Uh, my favorite bitch. My favorite he, bitch. Unicron literally created him to cause drama on purpose. He, yeah, he really. Again, I, I do enjoy Starscream in the Unicron trilogy, but because he is the way that he is in this particular series, we really miss like some genuine bastard energy. Like, bastard, double-crossing, traitor, treacherous energy. And Sideways, ooh, I can't wait for us to meet him, because he, he, he fills that niche so beautifully. Sideways, and to a lesser degree, Thrust as well. Thrust is almost the, the true Starscream of the Decepticons. Because Sideways is, a, is such a different deal. <laughs> Sideways I guess, yeah. I guess has... a little bit Wheeljack, too. Yeah, sort of, but that's that, that's a different sort of sort of turncoat thing. Yeah, that's a that's, my, that's a drift uh, situation. That is, a, that is, it's like a no, it's like a reverse drift. Yeah, Tokyo Tokyo reverse drift. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where we end here. So yeah, welcome back. If I guess you didn't want to be spoiled on the truth of the minicons, you'll learn that in like 
I don't know, a couple months, I guess. Um, yeah, so that we, he, Megatron awakens Sonar and seems very pleased by this fact, or I guess Shuttler. I guess. What the fuck are the other two called? I need oh, to look this shit. up. Wait, no, I got it. I got it. I, I was yeah, just look, on look, it. What are, what are Runway and Jetstorms? I, is <laughs> Let's it, see it, here. Runway plain... is Jetter. Come on. Mm-hmm. Runway is Jetter. Oh my god, what Jetter Robo. And uh, Jetstorm. Stop. Ads. Thank you. Jetstorm is Mock. That's better, I guess. Yeah. But Jetter and Shuttler? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, you sound so upset. The... You sound mad. I'm <laughs> I'm not sure why. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful just how a little thought was put. I mean, they, there was barely more thought put into the English names. Most of them were just, like, slapped on names from past series. I mean, but the like, thought is we want to keep our IPs. Yeah, the thought is we need to refresh these trademarks, and it doesn't really matter if the character we tie it to has any sort of resemblance to the other one. Um, which is why Swindle is a little race car man. So uh, funny. Also, I apologize for calling Swindle a Stunticon before. He's a Combaticon. I know he's my... He's a Combaticon. I know my Transformers. Thank you. He... Remember that time in G1 where he sold all his comrades for parts in the worst episode of G1? B-O-T. God, I'm obsessed with Swindle. He's, like, one of my favorite characters. <laughs> he's fucking hilarious. Um, so, let's get into... I'm excited to talk about this one, because this episode yes. whips ass. This yes, is episode this is, 13. This is a great episode. Uh, in the it, sub, it is the Sacred Saber. Ooh, that's cooler than our... Although, the, this one is also kind of evocative. It's Swoop in the in the dub, which is like... The hey, now, that's not who Swoop is. Yeah, Swoop, Swoop, Swoop's only appearance in the Unicron trilogy, other than a toy during Energon, is a name... Yeah, is this episode's name but it's like a cool like the decepticons are swooping in and, and, yeah. and taking a decisive action so in the japanese version we have a sort of like recap at the start of every episode and up until this point the first 12 episodes well outside the first one the 11 episodes following the first one have basically been like yeah the decepticons and the autobots fought on earth they had microns and then they sent them to Earth. So we get a new opening actually in this episode, which is uh, fun as we officially pass into the Star Saber arc, which says uh, so the Microns gave everyone power. There are three of them that transform into a sort of legend, uh, etc. And like goes through how Microns specifically power them up, not just like their history in the war, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. So we also get an opening change in the dub. Um, for the past a uh, few episodes ever since episode four or five i believe uh the intro has had rad narrating over it uh you know the the, the whole thing i want to tell you about the transformers um he is gone now instead we have the cool voice narrator telling us about the stuff and it's kind of the same general idea just without uh, rad calling the decepticons a bunch of greedy bullies which seems <laughs> like an understatement but yeah, instead we have, we have a guy who sounds like this telling us all about the mini cons and the struggle on Earth. So I, that's an improvement. Um, yeah, so we start off here with, uh, and I will say this episode is one of the ones I watched over and over again on those, uh, DVDs my dad burned for me. It was like this one, the first tidal wave episode, uh, the first jet fire episode, like, 
this sort of general era of the show uh, is one that I, I am quite familiar with. Um, and this, this is, I, I th- watching this just brought back a bunch of fuzzy memories, specifically the very opening where we see Cyclonus flying over Lincoln, Nebraska, looking for the Autobot base. So as he's flying over this, he's like, man, he's like reporting back to Decepticon base. And he's like, man, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to be looking for here. Megatron Sama. Like, honestly, I like, what, what do you want from me? And Megatron's like, well, we gave you search to help find it his name is search like use the fucking micron and it's like (laughs) and sandstorm's like i don't know what this little guy is even supposed to do he seems pretty useless to me and back at the base ironhide's like don't you talk shit about my son (laughs) i wish we got more that he doesn't really talk about um blackout as as he is in the in the dub there uh i will say though this is the first time we see Cyclonus combined with Crumplezone in their signature way, which is Crumplezone forming like a, a gunship cockpit on Cyclonus. Instead of the sort of stubby round one he usually has, he now has a more angular uh, helicopter cockpit with a gun pointing out of it. That's pretty cool. The toy, the toy could indeed do that, but he has, he also has Blackout with him. Um, yeah, so Ironhide, Ironhide starts going into this diatribe. He's so insulted on behalf of Search and be like, don't you talk to me or my son or my son's son or my son's son's son ever again. And he's going like going on about it. And Megatron's like, enough, Ironhide, calm down. Sandstorm, fucking get your shit together. Like, Shuttler has told me that his comrades are somewhere in the area. So we know the base is there. And Ironhide just sort of turns to Megatron and goes... Yeah. <laughs> Quick question, Megatron-sama. Since when have you been able to understand Microns? And Megatron's just like, read the fucking room and shut up. Yeah, like, that also comes up here. Because, yeah, he says, yeah, Sonar told Sonar told us, like, the general area of where the other two are. So you maybe just need to look harder. And, yeah, Demolisher's like, hey, <laughs> wait, when, I, I didn't know you could understand mini, the Minicons. And, and, Demol- and Megatron's like, what, you can't? Fucking lame ass, fucking lame ass bitch. I can understand them just fine. Elle Wood's voice, what? Like it's hard? Yeah, what? Like it's hard? Uh, which is extremely good. So, yeah, this episode is basically, uh, it's time for a fucking base defense mission. It's that, it's that part in XCOM where the aliens are rocking up to your base. You gotta defend it because Cyclonus finds the entrance. He finds the base and, uh, the the uh, the Decepticons immediately pin it with GPS and warp right in, which is pretty terrifying. Yeah, it's like so. Like they get an alert. Well, first of all, they get in. There's there's a great exchange between Sandstorm and Megatron here, where <laughs> Sandstorm's like, "Hell yeah, we're in the base. I can't wait to wreck shit." And Megatron's like, "No." We are here for a very specific reason. We are going to get the microns and go out. And literally verbatim, Sandstorm looks at him and goes, "You're no fun." <laughs> Sandstorm just likes to have or Cyclonus just loves. Sorry, to have fun. you're no fun at all. That's actually the whole line. Very funny. He just loves to wreck shit. That is his whole thing. Um, so it just so happens that on the day where the Decepticons decide to invade the base and uh, rob them blind. The the kids are have invited Billy and Fred over for a tour. They're because finally getting to see they? Autobase. Because why wouldn't they? 
they promise, you know, they introduce them. They promise they get to see the base. So they're hanging out with them. Um, and then as basically as soon as they get in, the klaxons start going off. <laughs> Uh, and so the, the Rad and Carlos and Alexis run off to the control room uh, to see what's up, leaving Billy and Fred alone. Now, at the control room, everyone is aware of what's going on. They get like put it up on screen, and they look at the Decepticons in their base, and they are all being like very quiet about it. Yeah, they're the Decepticons are not blasting or anything. They're 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 just walking. Um, but like everyone's reaction to them being there, invading their base, is like, oh, Decepticons, huh? Okay. Yeah, you would think there would be a little bit more panic or urgency, but it's but uh, well, maybe go, girl, maybe it's give because us maybe it's because as Hot Shred and Red Alert reveal, they have been spending their time uh, souping up the base's defenses because Red Alert's like, oh. That sucks. Uh, it's a good thing we have God. auto turrets. It is Hot so shot. funny that he is called Red Alert in the dub because G1 Red Alert would have had an aneurysm at this yeah, he, point. He would, he would be on the floor fucking comatose right now. Like yeah. he, would, he would not be of any help right now. But yeah, no, so Red Alert just flips on the fucking auto guns and starts blasting. Uh, and, 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 and Hotshot gives this great thumbs up. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was my idea. I, uh, I put those in. Pretty cool, huh? So, oh, one other thing about this episode, there's, there's a lot of really, uh, good looking shots. Obviously, not every frame looks perfect, but there's a lot of very good, uh, shots of like, especially Hotshot and, uh, a Megatron in this episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The stuff between the two of them is like really interesting in this episode, actually. Um, uh, Carlos refers to the auto turrets. He says they are slamming. Um, okay. All right, man. So I love that they are the, the when the uh, before the auto turrets deploy, we see that the Decepticons are just kind of leisurely walking through the base. Well, we, like, we need to talk about how we see this because there yes. are there are witnesses to this. It is, in fact, Billy and Jim who've been abandoned. <laughs> Yeah, they're just wandering around like, hey, where the fuck is everybody? Where are we? Are we lost, Billy? And Billy's like, shut the fuck up, we're fine. And then Megatron walks in. So they there's a running joke throughout this episode in the Japanese, I don't know if it happens in the dub as well, that uh, Billy and Jim cannot get any any of the Decepticon yes. names, right? That is also in the in the dub. Let's forget that. Billy, I believe Billy calls Megatron Megafrog here. Okay. Um, so... I believe... I didn't uh, write down what, what yeah. he calls Cyclonus, but it was also pretty I, I funny. Have, I have those as well. But here, Billy looks at him and goes, oh my god, it's a Mega Shield. <laughs> and Jim <laughs> goes, no, it's Megatrog. <laughs> Megatrog. Which Megatrog is my, or the Burninator. Yeah, which um, is, which is my, my new uh, <laughs> uh, display name in our Discord. Yeah, so they're, 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 they, 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 the Decepticons have no idea that the humans are there. They're hiding as, as Megatron's like, all right, well... Um, Sonar says they're this way. We should, uh, let's just, let's just get in, get the minicons, get out. It's fine. Like, we can just walk in and out whenever we want. And this is when the turrets deploy and start shooting. And everything is going fine until Rad notices something and goes, oh, fuck, you gotta turn the guns off. Right. <laughs> Zoom in. <laughs> Enhance. Enhance. Yeah, and it enhances to see Billy and Fred shitting their pants in a corner as laser fire envelops the entire hallway, and Optimus just goes, oh, fuck. Uh, 
and turns off the guns. And this is when there's a very good exchange here where everyone is trying to figure out what happened. Um, We're all so, trying to find the person responsible yeah. for this. <laughs> so Cyclonus says, uh, you know, so Demolitor's like, oh, they turned off. Uh, De- Cyclonus says, what, that they run out of ammo? And then it's like, uh, Starscream very, like, derisively says, lasers don't run out of ammo. Uh, there's a couple things that happen here, um, in short order. So, uh, Optimus and the others are like, all right, you three stay here, referring to the children. Yeah. We're gonna go take care of this. (laughs) We're gonna deal with this. Yeah. Optimus takes the other two Star Saber Minicons with him. Yeah, he's like, he's like, Shuttler is, like, leading them directly to these other panels um so as I think long it's as red alert actually that identifies because he's he's been watching because sonar has spent this entire episode perched on megatron's shoulder like a parrot um and red alert has been looking at him and and, and after uh they stop the laser fire he tells optimus hey that uh, that minicon is like sensing the other two and leading them to yeah. us so so in any case optimus is still like all right well they're they're following these two panels, so I'm going to take these with me, which means y'all are going to be safe in here, because they're not going to care about anything in here. They're just going to come straight for me. So we're going to go. Um, don't do anything. And Stay here. Just stay, and just stay right here. here. And they leave, and th- there's like a beat, and then immediately Alexa's like, hey, check this shit out. I'm a fucking hacker savant. Yep, she continues to, like, get better at hacking. They gotta go save Billy and Fred, because they are definitely gonna get killed without their help. Yeah, so she she and Rad immediately go over to the main computer, and uh, Alexa... Rad just sort of, like, looks at her work. Alexa's the one doing all of the actual work here. And Carlos, Rad is there for moral support. Exactly. And Carlos is like, what are you two doing? And Rad's like, we can still help from here. Yeah, like we 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 can uh, we can we can we can do our part from here. Hotshot uh, has decided that he is going to just charge right out and challenge Megatron one on one. Oh, so we get a great line from Megatron here. Um, he addresses um, Hot Rod as Shonen. Oh, little boy. Yeah, so he's like, he goes, it gets trans, the the translator is uh, translated it as young lad, which I love. (laughs) Very proper. I love that. Yeah, so yeah, Hotshot just rocks up into this hallway here. He's like, all right, man, we are going to, I'm going to fucking kick your ass. And just Megatron's like, okay, what? Where's the fucking hidden camera? Where's the prank happening? He doesn't actually say that, but that's the mood he has. Like, all right, sure, come on then. So Hotshot just charges, shoulder charges straight at him, and we get a new ability from Megatron's fu- horns. Why the fuck hasn't he done this before? This is nuts. It's so cool. The, the, his horns shoot out and clamp around Hotshot's fucking neck. What? <laughs> You can do that? Yeah, what? Well, first of all, you can do that. Second of all, why haven't you done that? <laughs> I guess he's, maybe he's always learning new things about his horns. Um, yeah, so he just snatches Hotshot. I was like, you really thought you were going to... So another thing about the, the Hotshot in, in the dub has a weird running thing where he keeps trying to 
do like cool computer related one liners, but they always fail because he's he tells he, he shouts at Megatron, try and download this as he attacks him. Again, you wouldn't download a car. You wouldn't download a tackle, and Megatron says, No, I wouldn't, and he just like fucking catches him. It just like uh, flings it. He like like whips his hair back and forth and like flings Hot Rod to the side. Yeah, he just like tosses him aside like like fucking cheap trash. Luckily, the rest of the Autobots roll up and uh, square off with the Decepticons. But they're like, well, this is super tight quarters. This is super tight quarters. They have a lot of weaponry. They have minicons. We need to regroup. And so, Smokescreen lives up to his name by uh, pressing a button and deploying a Smokescreen. This is, this is like such a weird outlier ability for Crane to have, but go off, dude. To be fair, it was a wall-mounted button. Um, this is not something he can do. Oh, I assume okay. this is just Sorry. like... Sorry, I like looked away from my screen <laughs> like, yeah, when he, this actually like, got deployed. So. He like stealthily backed into a wall and pushed a button. Um, okay, it's just very sense. funny that it was Smokescreen that did it. Yeah. So they all disappear, and a huge steel bulkhead closes between the Decepticons and the, and, and the, uh, the rest of the base here. And this is where we enter what I call the home alone phase of the episode. Well, first of all, yeah. So there, we get like a really good one, like one liner from Starscream here. Cause Ironhide is the one who's sort of like, who's like in the midst of the smoke screen going, Megatron Sama, they're escaping. And Megatron's like, okay, so go after them. Like, yeah. You know, like, also, he starts firing randomly into the smoke. Yeah. Into the smoke. It's like, Megatron's like, fucking stop. You're he, hitting us. So he, like, chases after them. He's able to, like, identify where they've gone, I guess, by sound. And, like, chases after them a little bit. But he is just too late to get uh, to them as the Autobots drop a, a barrier door. Yeah. between them and <laughs> which he tries shoulder checking he tries knocking it down yes by like shouldering it and <laughs> and they they just like blast it open eventually yeah megatron like he's he is all right just just a reminder it is a vertical steel ball not even steel like whatever fucked up space metal the minicon arc is made out yeah, of space titanium it is not a like door you can knock down with your shoulder. The physics don't even check it. So Megatron just walks up and is like, "Can you get out of the fucking way and just blast it open with the fusion cannon?" And um, as they go through, Starscream looks at Ironhide, and this is like the most devastating thing. I would um unalive if anyone said this to me. Just <laughs> like crumble at, into dust. Yeah, he looks at Ironhide and goes, "Try using your head on something other than the door. Are you too stupid to use your own weapons?" He has another, he has a, he has a pretty similarly, it's not quite as brutal, but it's definitely like, yeah, he, he walks up and is like, wow, incredible that you, are you too stupid to think of actually shooting the door? Or are those weapons of yours just for show? But the line, use your, yeah, try using your head on something other than the door. Brutal. Like, Whoa! absolutely brutal. So, Cyclonus wanders off in one direction, um... They come to another, like, door, and then Starscream is like, all right, Demolisher, you try knocking on the door. Starscream, you go that way, I'll go this way. And then in, in his on your monologue, he's thinking, yeah, fucking idiots, I'm going to get those minicons before they do. 
Uh, we get Starscream's no good, very bad day. Uh, yeah, so here's what happens. So they, they, they know, play the smoke like, screen. We go through like three horror movies in once. We do. So the, um, yeah, so each of the Decepticons other than Megatron get a horrible fate, uh, fucking thrust onto them. So first of all, we've got Demolisher, who does try shooting down this door, but he isn't strong enough. Perhaps Starscream is right. That's why all his missiles and guns are just for show. Um, and he gets snuck up on by smokescreen and strung up on the ceiling. Yeah, gets he like, gets shabarried. Yeah, I'm sorry to shibarried. say, but he does get shabarried. He gets shabarried by smokescreen and is, like, tied up on the ceiling. Smokescreen, stealthy, somehow. Um, but I would all, I would buy it because, you know, all those times in the tunnels. Like, he seems like he might actually be able to, like, do some sneaky black ops shit. Next up, we have... Starscream, who um sees Red Alert, follows him down this hallway. See, this and is finds, this is this cheating. Is fucked up. This is cheating this... because we already had the carnival episode. Well, Red Alert didn't go; he missed out. <laughs> also, Red Alert is really fucked up for this one. This is like yeah. a fucked up death trap. Um, like all of the rest of them, like the Cyclonus just unfortunately went into the wrong room demolisher just faced the wrong guy this is like premeditated i okay so what happens is the <laughs> red alert is like facing starscream across this big like maintenance shaft or whatever and he's he's got one of the minicon panels and, he and he's goes, looking smug and he goes hey starscream have you seen us 2019 yeah would you like to, would you like to play a game starscream oh i mean that's um, how it it's literally yeah. the ending to Saw 7. I talk about that. Don't worry about that. So Starscream leaps across the chasm and crashes into a mirror and realizes... Or no, there wasn't a chasm in front of them, actually, because what happens is he runs at Red Alert, crashes through a mirror, sees Red Alert on the other well, side of a he chasm. Doesn't, he doesn't, like, crash through the mirror. He, like, gets close to it and then sees his own reflection, and he's like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Yeah, then he crashes through it. Then he sees... Oh god, there's a huge hole. So he starts falling, but it's like, alright, it's fine, I can just fly out of here. Wrong. Because what happens next is that the fucking maintenance shaft. How did they even starts, have this? What is this? Why what did purpose did this, this serve? Um, because what as he's trying to fly out, the, sh the like there are walls and bulkheads closing along this corridor uh, and like we actually they get to see how good a flyer starscream is and he makes a, a fair amount yeah, yeah. He's, he's pretty good he's but pretty talented but unfortunately ratchet's a sociopath ratchet's a real fucking sicko because you can't fly without wings as the bulkheads destroy his wings causing him to crash and become trapped and, and then yeah. to add insult to injury red alert says and all that for a fake anyway and tosses the fake minicon panel on the ground uh, what the fuck he doesn't, he doesn't say anything in this sub he just closes the door on starscream and it's like game over end of saw seven like closes the door welcome to hell you're gonna die here I know we talk about that line from Hotshot where he's like, I take no prisoners and Hotshot is here to do the fucking, like, war crimes. I feel like Red Alert has done some fucked up shit in the past. Yeah, party ambulance, we we huh? We don't know anything about what he, what he and Optimus got up to during the early stages of the war. 
some real wild shit happened back there. So, yeah, Starscream gets sawed. Uh, meanwhile, Cyclonus has perhaps the most ignoble of fates. Okay, so somehow... Which befits the most ignoble yeah, of the Decepticons. Truly. Uh, so somehow, he sneaks up on the kids. Because, alright, so the Alexis, Rad, and Carlos get to get to uh, Billy and Fred through the, the vents, right? And they find them, and the other the, the, those two are very grateful that they saved their lives again, but Cyclonus sneaks up on them and is somehow, like, you know what? Somehow, somehow yeah. Sandstorm is able to do this. Sandstorm, the very large, not particularly graceful or finessed Decepticon is constantly able to do this. Constantly cackling, and, constantly yelling. Yeah, and that guy. keeping up with the running joke... Uh, as he does this, Billy goes, it's Sandstream. And Jim goes, <laughs> no, it's Sandstop. I believe that particularly is, 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 it's Cyclopus. And then, and then Rat, I believe it's like Carl's like, it's Cyclonus, you fucking idiots. Now run. <laughs> there's, there's, there are very good bits where Rad and Carlos get really annoyed by them forgetting these guys' names. So they're running from Cyclonus and he's like, well, why don't I just do my plan again? Why don't I just grab the kids again? It didn't work the first time, but maybe it'll work now. Um, no Autobots around for this one. So they lead Cyclonus uh, down these hallways into the warp gate room. So Cyclonus is stalking through this room. You know, My favorite out, you know, room in the final level of Legend of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> so they're like hiding everyone is hiding and cyclone is like well come on come out maybe if you're lucky i'll i'll keep you as a pet and Fucked uh up. and that's if you yeah if you're lucky if you're not you're gonna get like tossed onto the moon's surface um but then he looks over his shoulder you're and gonna sees get total rad recalled? A, you're gonna get total recalled but then he looks over his shoulder and sees rad at a computer console it's like oh you fucked up now kid and rad says ah, ah, ah you fucked up we're because gonna interstellar your ass. He activates the warp gate and shoots Cyclonus into the side of a mountain. <laughs> Which is fucking in, incredible. Like, the Arctic. like in the middle yeah, of fucking like it, nowhere. He gets launched He is launching the fucking Himalayas. Yeah. Like he is nowhere. So yeah, they and, and he looks down at his hands like, what the fuck is going on? Why do I got these cool, like, glowing lines all over he me? Goes, I don't feel so good mr stark <laughs> i don't feel so good mr white um as a reminder rat's last name is white um and yeah he gets shot into the Mad. side of <laughs> and he gets shot into the side of the fucking of like k2 or whatever um and he's just there's just a we just see a shot of a cyclonus shaped hole in the snow which is incredibly good. So that is all of the other ones dealt with, except for Megatron, who has been chasing Hotshot around this entire time. Um, Hotshot and Optimus. And he finally corners Hot Rod, and he's like, Shonen, I finally cornered you. And Hot Rod goes, no, you have been bamboozled. Are you You've experiencing, vec are you vexed? Are you experiencing botherations? You've activated my fucking trap card, Megatron, because they have set up a, once again, saw trap. I don't know what the fuck is going on here, but they have like a whole electric torture yeah. frame. So Optimus here. shows up and he's like, hey, let me see your skeleton while I cartoonishly electrocute you. He does a cool pose. He's like, he shows his, he got his arms crossed. And it's like, we got you this time, Megatron. As Megatron just gets shocked as shit. 
And then Megatron says, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to start blasting. And if you don't want this base to come down on our heads, you'll give me that fucking minicon. And just starts firing wildly at the walls. Yeah, and Optimus has a great line here in the sub, which is, what a tremendous guy. <laughs> I love that. I think, yeah, I think in the... In the tremendous! Yeah, what I, I think in the dub is like, he's completely lost it. Like, he's gone fucking nuts. Um, I'm not sure he ever really had it, but, you know, go off, I guess. So, yeah, they, uh, how does he, so he ends up getting, all oh, right, so what happens is that, uh, Hot Rod, or Hot Shot goes up to tackle him again to try to, but, of course, fails, because you can't just 1v1 Megatron without some kind of super weapon. I wonder if that'll ever come out. And there, there's, it's certainly you know, not within image, the next five minutes. There's image of Hotshot pinned beneath Megatron's foot with his cannon pointing at his head, believe it or not, is a recurring image in Armada. This also is also a, a uh, very well-known cover from one of the comics. Um, of, of Hotshot being crushed beneath Megatron's foot, uh, as, uh, yeah, Megatron here threatens to execute Hotshot if Optimus does not give him the minicons. Just like, if, alright, listen, it's fine, it's fine, uh, you can give the minicons, uh, in, uh, if you want to see this little brat's head get blown off. That's I'm cool. I'm not playing, bitch! So, he... Optimus gives up the Minicons, or actually, they they awaken themselves. Um, Sonar, Jesso, and Runway combine into the Star Saber, uh, which, of course, as I described, at first looks like three planes stacked on top of each other, but uh, luckily they, you know, make it glow real bright and and make the hilt look less like a space shuttle so it looks cooler. Um... And Megatron holds it up triumphantly and is like, I finally have the Star Saber. This war is mine. And then and Optimus uh, yeets it out of his hand. Yep. And then Hotshot catches it and immediately starts doing spin tricks with it. Where did he learn to do this? Uh, well, you know, Has... it's from all that um, wrench spinning. He's been doing. Oh, shit, that's right. We have... He... That's right, I forgot about the wrench spinning. Yeah, this was no, seated. They, He's uh, been watching those cowboy movies. They, uh... They included that. They built it in. We have nothing... We have nothing to complain about. That's true. But he does a bunch of sick moves and poses with the star saver and is like, Alright, Megatron, let's go. Let's go now. Um... And Megatron tries to pull the old Darth Vader on him. He's like, listen... You and me, you join me. You give that star saber to me. I'll give you a taste of what true power is. You want, you want to, you want to be the world's greatest warrior. I can do that for you. Which, of course, doesn't work. I don't know why you tried that. Um, and instead, Hotshot fucking slashes him. He just he cuts off one of his ears. He cr- he destroys one of his treads. Yeah, he he like, cuts he off gets he cuts off his horn specifically. Yeah. yeah, he cuts off the horn, and we and- see it like. It, like, flies in the air and beds itself in the ground, don't, and it's, like, glowing. Don't worry about that. A little bit of model glue will fix that right up for you, Megatron. Yeah, like, but it's it's more the it's more the symbolic gesture. He's, he's, he, he, Hotshot is spat in his face. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and he is, like, and he is fucking pissed. 
And he goes, all right, time to fucking go. Decepticons are free. And we see all of the other Decepticons warping away. We see Demolishers still hanging from the ceiling. We see Starscream trapped in a hell tunnel. Um, and we see, we see, well, like, Starscream is, like, almost out of it. It's, like, so sad. He's, like, managed to climb his way out. And he's, like, all right, I guess yeah. we're getting warped now. Cool. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, climbing up wingless. Uh, and then Cyclonus is sitting up in the cellar going, where am I? What happened? As it gets warped away. Um, and, yeah, that's, the, the Decepticons have been thoroughly beaten back. And the Autobots now have the Star Saber, which Optimus officially, like, uh, bestows upon Hotch. There's also some odd dialogue from Rad when the humans walk in on this duel he and Megatron have, where he talks about, like, you gotta connect to the sword, you gotta, like, power link with the sword in your mind. Uh, my favorite line in this entire scene is uh, a line from Billy, actually, which is like, wow, you guys really beat that forkhead. <laughs> forkhead. So we cut to the moon base and all yep. of the Decepticons are like patching themselves up. Megatron is getting his horn reattached and he's like, okay, so this brings I... up an interesting question for me. Who in the Decepticons in this continuity is even like remotely a medic? The only one I'd remotely trust is Starscream, yeah. ironically enough. Like that's not a sentence I usually say. <laughs> Um, but in a rare he's, twist for the Transformers in a rare franchise, twist, Starscream is the most trustworthy and competent one in this situation. Because um, I sure the Demolisher has guns for hands, and I don't I, listen. I, I know we talked about another. Fingers. I know we talked about another really stupid helicopter who was extremely good at brain surgery in the last episode. <laughs> I don't think Cyclonus is that. I think he might just be really stupid and violent. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put uh, like, uh, Sandstorm anywhere near my brainstem. Nope. Uh, so yeah, it's probably. It also might just be like some machines, like some automated medical stuff. And Megatron is just like, I am going to fucking murder that little yellow bitch. I am going to turn him into slag, and he just like grips the armrest of his throne and just screams into the void yeah it's really funny he just screams and that's how the episode ends yeah and all the other decepticons are also patching themselves up because they all especially starscream starscream got super fucked up and just like everyone is mad everyone is pissed they lost the star saber they were defeated humiliatingly and like what do we do from here? And the answer is we start a pretty cool arc of this show because the plot is here, the Star Saber is in play, and a little guy named Scavenger is about to show up. Also, Smokescreen will soon become their sniper. That's his role on the team, by the way, pretty much. He's a sniper. I mean, like what I else said, is he doing, honestly? Like I said, he's on that Black Ops shit. He will, he will, I thought he was gonna garrot Demolisher when I first saw him going for his hook. I was gonna loop it around his neck and, like, squeeze. But no, instead he just hogtied him. Um, or excuse me, shibaried him. So yeah, that was swoop. Good ass episode. I'm very excited for the next sort of movement of Armada because I remember really enjoying this. We're sideways is gonna show up. Scavenger is gonna show up. We're gonna get the start of the Starscream and Hotshot rivalry. It's cool. Uh, coming up, there is a sword duel between the two of them on like a rainy Scottish field. 
Perfect. Hell yeah. But uh, what about questions about these two episodes? I got Discord if you got Twitter. Sure, we have one on Twitter, I believe. Let's see. Yeah, we got we got one on Twitter from uh, at Casey Cosmos, Casey Christmas Creep on Twitter, uh, who asks, "What's your signature Home Alone trap? How deadly is it in real life?" And there's another half to that, but let's answer this one first. Do you have like what? It, well, if you were in a Home Alone type situation, what would your signature trap be? What would your like trump card be? I think it would probably be putting something heavy like on top of an ajar door. The classic. Yeah, I think maybe but, like, like would a- it be any like flavorful uh, object? I mean, if I had the time to do it, heating up like an iron. Oh. And I thought that it would actually, like, stay hot, but besides that, probably not. But I'd probably use the iron in any case, because it's, like, the right shape and size and density, regardless of whether it's hot. The, the, I think, like, Legos on the floor leading into, like, you stumble and fall into some unpleasant substance is a classic. Like, you trip, you fall into some, like fucking superheated like glue or whatever and just fall down those stairs that that would be my signature i fling my cat He's... whose claws i haven't cut in several weeks at you there you go that that would hurt and he runs uh, away the other half coward. <laughs> the other half of her question is what's your favorite stupid deep lore trivia you know from some non-transformers properties oh i mean it's not stupid but i have a wealth of uh bakura lore <laughs> um i think um oh here fine that's fine i i i can use a stupid piece i, I will do both a stupid and non-stupid piece of, of bakura lore um so the non-stupid piece is that um and if anyone listened to the season zero episodes of pot of greed that i was on i talk about it there but um rio is shown writing a letter back when he first starts speaking to the spirit of the ring. And, um, the letters he writes are to his dead sister, Amine, um, who died in a oh car crash, uh, with his mother. Oh, I didn't know about that lore. Yeah. So Amine and his mother, uh, died in a car crash. And in the manga, you actually see him, uh, writing the first lines. You get to see what the first lines of the letter actually are. And it says, dear Amine, your big brother started a new school today, etc., etc." Um, Aww. uh, your, uh, the stupid piece of lore I have is that his favorite food are cream puffs. What a sweet little boy he is. He's my perfect little man who doesn't show up in the possessed. series at all. <laughs> and he got possessed by the devil. Yeah. As it always happens. As it always happens. Uh, I was trying to think of the, all the, the, the franchises I have, like, deep... I mean, I know way too goddamn much about One Piece. Like, I can name plenty of, like, stupid fucking side characters, devil fruits, and what they do. Like, I think just in general, the wealth of knowledge I have about that world is kind of dumb. And always expanding. So name, name so, one ridiculous fact you know about it. Alright, so there is uh, a man in 
Annie's Lobby, a, a Marine Vice Admiral who uh, has the power to split into orbs. Um, and that is the, the berry berry fruit. And that man's name is uh, Vice Admiral Berry Good. Uh, that is his name. So if you ever and... want to go vorbing in the One Piece universe. <laughs> if you want to go vorbing, go talk to Vice Admiral Admiral Very, uh, Berry Good. Excuse me, I said Very Good. No, it's Berry Good. Uh, there's also like a man who's a big bird guy who has the albatross fruit, but he always stays in hybrid form because he likes being a big bird. His name is Big News Morgans. <laughs> he runs the, 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 the newspaper of that world. Um, and he's great. He shot a government agent once. There's only one newspaper. There is only one newspaper. Yep. Um, he has a, he has a fucking media monopoly and he basically like, he canonically like, loves to shift the narrative of world events in his favor <laughs> uh let's see what, what's going thank on, god on that discord just fantasy. thank god it's nothing like that could happen here it's just in the wacky world of one Piece. so we have several questions from cast cast arachnia uh starting with what's y'all's favorite sword in fiction my God, this is a hard question. You know there are what? So many swords. I'm going to say it. I like a good Excalibur. For me, Excalibur, Excalibur. it's it's the blueprint. You know, there aren't yeah. really magic swords without Arthurian legend and Excalibur specifically. So, what's your favorite like in? What's your favorite interpretation or incarnation of Excalibur? I mean, the only one that really comes to mind, honestly, is Soul Eater, which sucks because no. <laughs> Excalibur and Soul Eater is so bad. The fucking Troy Baker one, yeah. the one voiced by Troy Baker in the dub. Oh, man. Yeah. I, mean, I guess it is one of the few, like, sentient Excalibur. Right. I mean, there's only so, so many, but, like, that's the one that would be, it is, I would say, probably the, like, most notable interpretation of Excalibur I've ever seen. If yeah. not my favorite version. I, mean, I guess one of the obvious answers for me, if I want to go real obvious, would be like, the Sword of Protection from 2018 Shira. I do think it has a good design, but it's not really one of my favorite fictional swords. I like... Uh, there is... So, a few things. There is a... The, the level 80 Dark Knight sword in Final Fantasy XIV is a gigantic slab of iron with like a glowing eye in the center of it, and it's called... Shadowbringer. Oh, which you and can play fucking... up for free up to level 60. And that's fucking cool. Um, there's no lore behind it. It just looks sick as fuck and is called Shadowbringer. Um, there's also Kai Kisuke from Guilty Gear. He has a sword that his wife lived in for a period of time. You know. The sword was his wife. Kaikisuke really is kind of the ultimate, one of the ultimate anime wife guys when you really yeah, dig when into you're both, it. Yeah, when you're both a wife guy and a knife guy. <laughs> and the follow-up to this one is, which one would I most, would we most want? Okay. Uh, um, I mean, I could, I, this, the Shadowbringers, it's huge. I couldn't lift it. Like, probably, I mean, it would be nice to hang on a wall. I would like to see it. I don't really know if I'd really want it. I... I want Final Fantasy VIII Gunblade because it's so stupid. Ooh, it's so good. I forget. Does that does that one shoot or does that stay in line with like? No, it it shoots. Fun. It slashes. It does. It does. It's a gun. It's a blade. It's a gunblade. 
Because the lore of the Gunblade lore in Final Fantasy XIV is incredible, by the way. Because there are multiple versions of them. There's ones that shoot, but the ones you use as a gunbreaker don't shoot. They just explode and use the vi- magically charged vibrations to do cooler slashes. And also reflect things. You just load cartridges into your sword that make it make it explode. Great. Which is pretty cool. I do want a gunblade, though. Fuck. I would blow my hand off with it, almost certainly. A small price to play for gu- for gunblade. Exactly. And then uh, the second follow-up is, what about as just a sword without any magical abilities? And Once again, the Shadowbringer is just a gigantic slab of iron. It probably weighs like 70 pounds. There's no magic abilities attached to it at all? I mean, not really. It's just like a cool sword you can have as a Dark Knight. Cool. Um, I thought... Like, uh, oh, sorry. All of the magical stuff kind of comes as the inherent abilities of a Dark Knight. I thought a lot about this because most of the fictional swords I know are inherently magical. Because fantasy right. be like that. Um, yeah. So I think the one I'm going to go with is actually um, the Six-Fingered Sword from The Princess Bride. Um, which is actually just a beautiful rapier. I don't even, th- I don't even think about a lightsaber, because I guess that's technically not a sword. But of I course, it. it would own to have a lightsaber. It would own, yeah. If you want to say a lightsaber, that that's fine. And it's not magical. It's almost, it's almost too easy, though. Because, like, yeah, obviously, lightsaber. Also, uh, here, I'm going to post to you the cover of transformers armada the comics which features uh hotshot in a very similar position to this episode like i said it's a recurring image it keeps coming up ah yes everyone everyone got super fucked up in this issue as you can see yeah except megatron is having a great time so cass's last question is what trap do you imagine is the most painful in home alone it has been, oh, jeez, oh, two decades since I watched Home Alone? Fuck me. But I do remember there's one that lights his head on fire. That one is very bad. I mean, I, I, re, I, I it's also been a while since I listened to that Sawbones episode where they just go over how injured they would be after the traps and just the horrible things that would happen. I do believe... Uh, Sydney said that that trap would melt his head. Um, so that one's probably pretty painful, but it might also kill you very quickly. Uh, I mean, the, the nail, the nail in the foot is very bad. Um, so I do remember, I think it was in the second movie that he does the same trap again with the putting your hair on fire. But in the first movie, he has to run out into the snow to put it out. Yes. In the second movie, it's the same thing, but there's a toilet right there, and it goes to dunk it in the toilet, but the toilet is full of kerosene, so it explodes. What it. the fuck? Yeah. So, it's like wacky effects in Home Alone, but, like, that is just murder. That is just, like, aggravated murder. That's an act of his terrorism. Head, his head would be gone. Yeah. Yeah, that one probably. Uh, the, the the exploding gasoline toilet would definitely be the <laughs> one that would hurt the most. Um. All right. Kevin McAllister needs to be fucking behind bars. That old guy's a menace. <laughs> um, from Hornmeister Scream. Uh, Hornmeister, nice. which character, preferably Transformer, will be revealed to be the heir to King Arthur? 
Literally, I think this happens to Optimus in the fifth movie. Um, I think it happens to Starscream in a Decepticon in King Arthur's Court. Hell yes. And, I forgot about that episode. Which is, first of all, an incredible episode of television. And sec- it's so good. And sec- There's a witch. Second of all, we won't talk We won't talk about who set this all up, but in the IDW comics, he is the literal oh, chosen man. one of prophecy. I... L- I love the end of that because it is an, it is utterly insane God. how the end of IDW w- and who planned it out, yeah. and I love it. The mastermind, you will never believe who the mastermind of the IDW1 universe is. Like, you will also never believe how he became the mastermind. Yeah, the, oh my god, his entire character arc is just because fucking, it was, it, it's insane. There are, there are so many times about this character. Please read please read the IDW one comics. Uh this character in particular there are I don't think I've ever had more jaw dropped moments where I was found myself literally speechless after learning something new about a character (laughs) than I I do with this one character in this one continuity. What I will say is that this all happens basically on accident. Like, this isn't a plan he had, it just happened, and he decided to roll with what happened. I mean, it was kind of a plan he had. It was sort of a plan, but he didn't really expect it to go the way it did. Yeah. Like, well, you know, adaptability is important in the corporate world, and and, and this this particular fellow showed a, showed a lot of it. That's politics. By, invent- by inventing imperialism. Right. Um, and also the devil. Right. Um, from Steven Carshmello. Uh, if you could swap any two Transformers with the Wet Bandits, who would you pick, and how does the new version of each story play out? Um. I mean, Cyclonus and Demolisher uh, are basically yeah. already if we're talking, the Wet Bandits. If we're talking about Armada, the obvious choice is, uh, uh, Sandstorm and Ironhide. If we're talking about any continuity, um, <laughs> I, I feel like, um... <laughs> Rumble and Frenzy would be good yep. choices. <laughs> I was also thinking Rumble and Frenzy. Because one, the scale is more appropriate there. They're little guys. They're basically human-sized. Two, they're both loudmouth idiots. Three, it would be very funny to watch Rumble fall down the stairs, I think. Yeah. I would also <laughs> love to see like the rest of Soundwave's kids watching from the sidelines and mocking them relentlessly. Oh yeah, just Ravage and and, and uh, Rap Rap just like basically being uh, Statler and Waldo. Yeah, the and, whole time. and Buzzsaw, Buzzsaw and Laserbeak not being able to say anything that's discernible by human ears, but like making squawks and Ravage being like, "You're so right." You're so right. I, I love the 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 variety of whether the animal cassettes of sound waves can talk or not is one of the funniest bits of like intercontinuity differences because sometimes they're literally just animals yeah. and then other times they're very like verbose and intelligent and sometimes they like v- wobble back and forth between those two um also from uh steven is what weapon would you want to combine three funky little dudes to make a camera a uh, reflector <laughs> the, the 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 oft ignored member of the original decepticon lineup they needed, uh, three, they needed little... three guys to make a camera. I love that for them. They really, they, they had to try so hard. <laughs> um, 
Let's see. Three guys to make a weapon. I mean, we already have a sword and spoilers later in this show. We're going to have a shield and a gun. Those are sort of the three main types of weapon. Uh, let's see. I've played chainsaw. I've played Hades. We're missing some. (laughs) We're missing some weapons from there. Um, but I mean, it's hard to combine three guys into like a spear or a bow. I don't think it's that hard to combine them into a spear. That's true. It could be like a very ornate spear. Yeah, I, I don't like, think it's yeah, any harder spear. to do that than it is to make a sword. Like a rocket spear that's like self-directing and throw it like a javelin. Yeah. Pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. So I like this one. So this is an easy one for me. The last question from Stephen Carshmello. What character from anywhere in the Transformers franchise would you most want to personally shove into a volcano? And the answer Three, is two, one, get away. Get away. <laughs> Fuck, get Fuck away. Fuck, get away. I love how <laughs> he's the universal hate- hatred. By the way, speaking of universally hated people from uh, IDW1, Tarn made his appearance in uh, Cyberverse today. That's so funny. It's so funny that it's Tarn. Um, oh, Tarn. The ultimate, like, nerd-ass bitch. He's a nasty um, little bitch. Um, yeah, no, it's getaway, though. Because, like, at least Tarn has aesthetics going for him. And Tarn at least... Listen, I don't agree with Tarn's... Tarn is, like, threatening. And also, like, I don't agree with Tarn's perspective. But, like, Tarn has a moral backbone. It yeah, is I like not, his character. It is not... A good moral backbone. No, he's he's fucked. He's yeah, completely a, like morally warped. But that's it's a, cool. Ge- it's a genocidal moral backbone. But there there are things that like Tarn believes in, and like his entire his entire character is based around following a code. Getaway has no code. Yeah, getaway, getaway uh, just sucks shit. Getaway's the worst person in the world ever. Getaway is Rodimus with no limits true getaway is rodimus at maximum selfishness yeah just like he's in it for me he is absolutely the most self-serving character i think i've probably seen in any piece of media it's remarkable how like wretched and vile he is by the end yeah he really does not care at all who he destroys on his way to like self-serving emotionally physically physically, spiritually so anyway get away anyway you could destroy a person he's done it yeah i I would kick him i would kick him into a volcano without question um without hesitation yeah uh and our final question is from casey trekosaurus what sort of mini con does kevin McAllister get nuclear missile silo he gets a like Rube Goldberg machine of some sort. Oh my god, a Rube Goldberg machine minicon. That's what I. That's what I want my minicon weapon to be. A Rube yeah, Goldberg machine. Yeah, that's what I want. Three. I need when three minicons. When it completes. <laughs> when it completes, it blows up a planet, right? but it takes like exactly an hour and a half. Exactly. Exactly. And if one thing is out of place, it fails completely. And we just get that scene from Austin Powers of the. <laughs> The guy about to be run over by a uh, steamroller. Yes, exactly. It's like an extremely shitty version of the Death Star. Right. I also imagine it takes a really long time to set up, so it's really more like three hours. Uh, yeah. Well, folks, that's us. 
It's us. Uh, we've been. We did it. <laughs> we're, we're, we finished it. We're at the end of Armada. We finished season one. There's no more show. Yeah. Well, there is. We're just, again, like I said, we're moving on to a new. So. No, we found the Star Saber. There's nothing else. What else is there? Oh, of Armada. Yeah. I, there, there's more Prime Cut. Right. Exactly. But, um,. Yeah, we will be back with more Armada next week. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Prime Cuts Pod. Uh, you can find us on NoiseSpace.xyz, the NoiseSpace Network, which we are so excited to be a part of. Again, as always, thanks to Matt for hosting us. You can find a bunch of other really cool shows on NoiseSpace, including things like Slappers Only and Wild Cool Robot, which is, if you're listening to this podcast, probably up your alley. Um, and, uh, which is about, it's about Gundam and Kamarocha Radio, which is about the Yakuza franchise of video games. Um, you can... We'll say about Balku Robot, they're currently covering Gundam Wing, perhaps the most toyetic Gundam, uh, franchise ever created. Yeah, I didn't like it, but I'm glad they're doing it. Never mind, I forgot, I forgot about the one that's literally about Gunpla. Oh, right, yeah. Um. Second most toyetic. (laughs) Uh, you can also, you know, we hope you will join our Discord. Uh, you can find the permanent link to that in the episode description of this episode and also on our, uh, Twitter bio under our URL. Uh, it's, uh, becoming a very, very fun place and we'd love to have more people. And you can find me personally on Tumblr and Twitter at Optimal and Prime, my funny robot internet joke. You can also find, also on Noise Space, my other podcast that I do with uh, several friends of the show. Uh, there's six of us there called uh, Pod Agreed, which is a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. We are starting season three of GX this week, so that should be something. Exciting. Should be something. Things are happening. <laughs> Things are happening. Should be something. And um, an Australian man will show up soon. Yep. And I hear Judai gets another boyfriend. So he sure does. Um, Yeah, that's me. And I am over at Dragon Smoocher. Of course, still in the middle of Rovember. Ro- Happy Rovember to all my Rogadin out there. Real ones know. Uh, you can also find my other projects, uh, one that is finished over at Podcast of Power, the she podcast I do with my friend Jane. Our follow-up project can be found at uh, Heidelin Radio on Twitter, hopefully starting up soon with our prelude episodes. Anna Walker got delayed by a couple of weeks, so we have a little bit more time to get our shit together, thankfully. Um, that's uh, our, our, our complete textual analysis of Final Fantasy XIV, all of it. The expanse stares back at me, and I tremble at its scale. Anyway, I'm also on uh, at Disney minus Pod talking about that the the cursed realm of the of the House of Mouse episode going up the day this episode goes up. Meet the Robinsons from that period where Disney was like, "Can we do anything without Pixar?" And the answer is no. <laughs> no, you couldn't. Well, they did Frozen. They did make Frozen, but that's sort of after they subsumed Pixar, like some kind of horrible blob monster. So they kind of just became one of the same. But, you know, there was that period where they made Meet the Robinsons, Bolt, and Chicken Little. Uh, and technically, Marcy's Moms also falls into that period. So, you Oops. know, they were doing really well for themselves, obviously. Yeah, that's over there at, uh, at Disney Minus Pod. And uh, that is, I suppose that's it for us. So uh, I will uh, 
try to survive Red Alert's newest round of sick death games and uh, roll out for my life. <laughs> um, I will uh, book a flight to Florida to visit Volcano Bay, uh, transform and roll out. Peach. Peach. Peach.